This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Well, joining us on the line now, as he always does uh, every couple of weeks, we like to rotate this uh, next guest and the uh, big man, the West Basil Zemplis, around every couple of weeks, just so we uh, get a different voice on the show each week. I do speak of uh, former Geelong Premiership captain, of course, he's now an extraordinary uh, special experts commentator on the Seven Network, of course, part of the Friday night and Saturday afternoon Seven Network teams. I do speak of that man, Mr. Tom Harley. Tom, uh, good evening to you once again, and uh, a big week of AFL football this week. No, it always is, and thanks for having me, Dukes. It's, I mean, it's great around this time of year because uh, I guess the, the men get sorted out from the boys and uh, the top four hopefully starts to take a bit of shape and the top eight also. And, I mean, it's an intriguing um, top half of the ladder when you've got what's hanging over Essendon at the moment and, and uh, Carlton and North Melbourne and the West Coast Eagles potentially knocking around for that ninth position. And then the top, uh, top half of the top eight, um, when you've got two non-Victorian sides in it... Uh, those positions actually become really important. Home finals become really crucial to a, to a club's uh, chances when it comes to preliminary finals and grand finals. Some of the uh, issues that we've been talking about in this AFL segment um, tonight, or on the show tonight, Tom, uh, of course, Michael Voss um, sacked as Brisbane Lions senior coach last week. I mean, that created, it was a bit of bamboozling, really, Tom, last week. I mean, why would they get rid of Michael Voss? Um, you, and, I, and I said on the show earlier that the only reason why they may get rid of him is that they've got someone else lined up already. Well, that, that could be the only possible way I could uh, justify it in, in my terms. A bit like the, the Ross Lyon incident. I mean, when Ross was the, a big fish out there and there was a loophole in his contract at St Kilda and Fremantle were cunning enough to, to do a deal and, and it looked pretty callous at the time, but it's a competitive game out there and they got their man. And, and uh, if Brisbane are doing that, well, all, all power to them. But... Um, we're obviously talking about uh, the lure of Paul Roos to the Brisbane Lions and uh, being a former Fitzroy um, great and obviously a premiership coach with the Swans, it seems like a great fit, but the uh, the commentary, um, I guess, uh, surrounding it at the moment is certainly far from a done deal and Paul Roos is adamant that he hasn't actually made up his mind whether he wants to actually get back into coaching or not and, and I take him on face value with all of that. So uh, it, <laughs> if you ask me whether I thought it was handled well, I don't think it was. I think... Um, uh, Michael Voss being a legend of that footy club, you could argue the legend of that footy club as a, as a the three-time premiership captain and obviously coach as well. Um, I think he, he deserved to see the season out um, and a decision could be made post-season, particularly given that it sounds like a, a replacement hasn't hasn't um, hasn't been concluded. So, you know, really disappointed for Michael and, and uh, you know, I'm sure the Brisbane faithful... Um, uh, will ensure that his legacy as a great Brisbane Lions person won't be tarnished. Tom, a lot of pe- a lot of a lot of uh, fellow journo's of the uh, game have said this week that well, if Paul is, is not the coach of Brisbane next year, well, the next best option has got to be Michael Voss. So, well, yeah. whether they've done the right thing, that's a debatable topic. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. If you're talking about, uh, I mean, let's throw some names up here because uh, Melbourne looking for a coach at the same time and. and and uh, if we look at the experienced coaches, so that's Rodney Eid, Mark Williams, Dean Laidley, Mark Harvey, Dean Bailey, I guess you could throw into that as well. Um, so let's Would you throw Dean Bailey into the mix for Brisbane? 
Well, I mean, if we just say, just say more broadly, experienced coaches who aren't currently coaching the AFL. Yeah, Brett Ratton, and, another one. Brett Ratton's another one. So, if you, so let's just say there's five or six there, and then then you talk about the next rung, who are the untried assistants. Um, Adam Simpson's probably the one whose name gets thrown up more than anyone else's at the moment. Um, all of a sudden, you've got you know a suite of six to eight names, and the Brisbane board have cl- quite clearly come to the conclusion that. All of those picks are a better option than Michael Voss. Now, I'm not quite sure that that's the case. and um, But the decision's been made, and then that's what they're entrusted to do, the board, and uh, they've made that. But I'd, I'd, I'd have to be seriously convinced that uh, that out of all those names, Michael Voss isn't in that top six. And um, you know, I'd, I'd also have to be seriously convinced that he's not actually in the top couple. So um, it was extraordinary scenes. And I guess hidden behind the scepter of um, the Essendon saga, it was... In my point of view, I was going to say, my point of view that it was announced around about the same time as the charges. In a strange sort of way, counterintuitive way almost, Michael Voss deserved to be on the front and back page of the newspaper when his time was up at the Brisbane Lions. So um, I think there are a few other things that could have been handled a little bit better. If uh, Neil Craig wasn't to get the, if Neil Craig doesn't get the job at Melbourne um, as yeah. their coach next year and beyond, would you would you consider Neil Craig for Brisbane? Would it, would he consider that job? Yeah, or, I mean, I'm not sure whether he would consider it, but if I was on a panel, I'd certainly consider Neil. And Neil um, obviously made his name as a coach at Adelaide and got the Crows to a, a couple of preliminary finals, played in a lot of finals. And, I mean, it's that classic case of being a non-Victorian club that often your exploits as a coach or as a player aren't necessarily given the uh, the same light of day as you are if it was a, a big-time Melbourne club. So, you know, Neil Craig is just as credentialed as, as um, Rodney Ede and some of the others, I think, uh, when it comes to... Uh, uh, coaches out there that clubs could potentially look at. John Ralph wrote in the Herald Sun last week in Melbourne that uh, the combination at Melbourne next year, Rodney Ede, a senior coach, and Michael Voss is a senior assistant underneath. Well, I'll tell you what, Michael Voss um, shouldn't be lost to the game, and, and this is something that he'll obviously have to wrestle with, um, you know, given uh, what his life experiences and his, obviously his football experiences are given. He will have opportunities next year, and, and he just needs to make the decision whether that's uh, coaching still... Um, and I guess someone who's been involved at a club all his life as a player and then as a coach and a legend and a player and a coach, um, he'll just need to grapple with the fact whether he can actually um, don the colours of another club. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd have no hesitation in, uh, in um, bringing Michael Voss into my footy club. A club like Melbourne, which just needs to have successful people around it, needs to have some people around it where the likes of Jack Trengrove and... Um, Jack Grimes and some of these younger players coming through. You can just pick his brains and say, you know, Bossy, from your experience, what, what are some of the things that we're missing as a group? You know, what does success actually really look like? Um, you know, what are these training standards that we've been uh, uh, sort of championing? Are they at the level that, uh, that they need to be? So. Uh, Michael Voss at Melbourne in some capacity would be a great fit. Well, we've seen Jack Watts come out uh, in the last couple of weeks to say that he's not, you know, sure of staying at Melbourne uh, beyond this year. He's got to wait to see who the next senior coach is and then make his call. So, you know, Michael Voss or Rodney Eat, you know, could be one of those uh, two guys to tie Jack Watts over the line. Well, I think it's interesting, Duke, that, you know, when you when you look at Jack Watts, and, and I really like him, and I, I like him as a, as a personality. I don't know him or know him well, that's for sure, but... I think he's got a lot of upside in his career and given the right, yeah. uh, I guess, tutelage, he'll be able to um, develop. But mm. he's not in a position to talk about whether he's going to stay or not as a club on the back of a coach. And, and, and I think it's probably blown out of proportion. I, I can't imagine he'd drive that agenda. But mm. um, he's at a stage of his career where um, 
he's not in that position to pick and choose. So uh, he's just got to be a bit careful of what he does and what he doesn't say. Yeah. Now, it'll be very interesting to see what happens up at Brisbane, uh, choosing that uh, new senior coach for them for next year and beyond. Uh, one of the other uh, topics that's come up during the show this evening has been the Carlton Football Club, of course, the battle for eighth is alive. Carlton knocking over Richmond by 10 points. You were involved in that match for the uh, Seven Network and Saturday, a thriller it was. Um, and really, you know, Carlton have to beat Essendon this Saturday night. Um, and rely on Port losing to Frio over there, and then it basically all comes down to that, you know, last round match between Carlton and Port as to who gets into the eight. Yeah, well, I think it will. I think uh, you know Fremantle over in Fremantle in particular, uh, as scary a proposition as there is in the AFL at the moment, and, and unfortunately for Essendon, the wheels have just fallen off. They just uh, are really struggling to compete. And um, the Blues, we saw them. I think you were at the game too, dudes at the MCG. Yep. Uh, after starting really poorly against Richmond, what they did is they tightened up through the midfield and and got right on top. And and uh, Richmond have obviously been in really good form. So you'd think that Carlton would get the chocolates over Essendon, and then. Uh, you know, round 23 shapes is an absolute belter for both those clubs and um, uh, be really hard to pick a winner. So, you know, it hasn't been, it's been a really interesting season for Carlton. They've had some, you know, they've had some, well, the initial high and the buzz surrounding Mick Malthouse coming to the club and, and all of that swagger started to come back in, uh, in the, at Carlton and uh, they haven't really delivered, haven't really met their expectations. So I, I don't think they're a top eight side at this stage. But um, as you say, if it comes down to that game at Port, anything can happen. Well, no doubt about that one. And, uh, of course, yesterday we saw at Etihad Stadium uh, the Western Bulldogs finishing off in some fine form under uh, Brendan McCartney, knocking off the Crows, ending Adelaide's uh, season effective immediately. Um, you think you, you, Bulldogs fans listening in, do you reckon they've got, you know, they can you know, be hopeful and you're optimistic going into next year? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I, have a, I had a, a real vested interest watching that game. Uh, Brendan Sanderson's my best mate. He's coach of the Crows, and Brendan McCartney probably was the most influential coach on my career and my development when he was an assistant coach down at Geelong. And, and I was lucky enough to be a part of the Bulldogs coaching um, uh, selection panel when Mackie got the job. And, and uh, you just know what he's about. He's about contested ball. He's about developing young men into uh, young boys into really good men and teaching them the great foundations to play. And, and it's been a long time coming. I mean, they've, they've had some, uh, I guess, a lean 18 months, but the past six or so, six weeks, it's just been great, and you can really see the foundations that Mac has put in place at the Western Bulldogs, yeah. and, you know, particularly through the midfield, when you've got Libertores had a fantastic year, Griffin's had his best year, Minson's also had his best year, then you've got Wallace and McRae, and mm. some of these younger players coming through. I actually reckon the future's pretty bright, and the other thing about the Western Bulldogs, and, and certainly Brendan McCartney coach teams, is he puts from the back, and when you're talking about key young defenders, they've got uh, Talia and Roughhead as, as key backs for the Dogs. Um, they're 10-year players. Uh, so, you know, in what looked like a bit of a doom and gloom period for the Western Bulldogs only sort of six or 12 months ago, I think the future's pretty bright. That doesn't necessarily mean finals next year for them, but um, they've been able to re- re-energise their list in a really tough time due to the expansion clubs. And... Uh, and if I'm a Western Bulldogs fan, I'm pretty excited about the future. You're not wrong there. Tory Dixon, another one that's going to be a star for the Bulldogs in the future years to come. Now, Tom, we, we do have to let you go shortly. We do have to start wrapping up uh, the show in uh, a couple of minutes' time. But uh, the topic for discussion that I opened up on the SMS line at the start of the show, um, and yeah. I want to get your thoughts on it, um, do parents yelling from the sidelines have a negative impact on kids playing footy? We saw earlier in the year that uh, 
you know, Hawthorne coach Alistair Clarkson um, got himself into a bit of a, you know, bit of hot water really. Um, you know, he was he was left humiliated after getting himself into a situation. Um, of course, he was barred from the first four rounds of next season's South Metro Junior Footy League after abusing that league official at the his yeah. son's under nine game last Sunday. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Do do you think that your parents yelling from sidelines have have a negative impact on their kids playing footy? Uh, in short, absolutely. I, I think um, you know this is something that's really close to my day job, which is uh, general manager of um, AFL up in New South Wales, and it's really important that uh, the parents understand what their roles are, and, and you know they are, uh, need to create an environment where the kids want to play and the kids have good fun, and also create an environment that acknowledges the volunteers because they're the lifeblood of the, any sort of community sport. And the AFL should be acknowledged. We've got a great program called. Um, AFL kid person. The tagline is, "We're not playing for sheep stations," and I think parents need to remember that. That it's it is about fun. It's about healthy lifestyles, and then and everyone's got a role to play. So, um, if you are sort of starting to feel like you're stepping over the line and getting a bit emotionally involved in the game, just take a big deep breath and and just remind yourselves, we're not playing for sheep stations at kids' footy, um, and be be mindful of. Uh, of your roles and responsibilities on match day. You could not have said it better myself. Uh, Tom Harley, we do appreciate you joining us again this week on Let's Talk Footy on Joy. And, uh, you know, we, we'll have Basil Zemplis back next week, but uh, look forward to... <laughs> yeah, we'd like to rotate the two of you around each week. Uh, it's you know, good value, Baz, isn't it? Well, I'm sure you, being part of the Seven Network on the Saturday afternoon, you talk a bit about the show. And yeah, uh, No, we'll, 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 we'll chat again with you in a couple of weeks' time, I'm sure. No worries, Duke. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.